You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Alright, so we are here with episode two uh, of, uh, what do we call it, Faith Responders. Yeah, we were just talking about changing the name. Um, I am Pastor Floyd Hughes of Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills, and I'm here with... Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries. Yeah, and this is something that we started uh, because we wanted to discuss um, how people of faith should respond to all the things that we see going on in our culture. There are lots of news and social media things saying, you know, here's how you should respond from a political perspective, from a social perspective, from a justice perspective, from a this or that lives matter perspective. Uh, but our focus was, well, what should be the biblical response? How should people of faith respond to these things? So uh, since we are approaching an election, uh, we decided to discuss, there's a lot of... Uh, What'd you call it? Chaos. 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 Uh, news online everywhere uh, about politics. So we decided not how should a person of faith vote. First and foremost, I think we both agree we should vote. Yeah. Everyone should vote. Regardless of how you're going to vote, you should vote. We live in a nation where it's a privilege and there are multiple nations on the planet where it is not. Uh, so we should definitely uh, vote. But not how should a person of faith vote, but how should a person of faith respond to the political debates and chaos and craziness that's being thrown at us from a social media and online perspective. And um, what typically happens is when we do the Faith Pittsburgh podcast that <coughs> both Mark and I participate in, the host Mike has pages of notes <laughs> and then it just goes off the rails and we yeah. don't get through a page. And Mark has a couple of pages of notes, and I'm hoping we get through oh, all those context. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you start so we at least get through some of the context and, that you have written and, down. And my notes are just thoughts, so I would keep my thought, my thought process going, and I wouldn't get off the rails. Um, but it is, it is important to, uh, to look at this topic, I think, because we do have a bunch of nonsense going on with... Uh, in, in, in the way of politics. I mean, just looking the last couple of days with all of these bomb threats and things that are going on, it, it's just been... Thank you so much. It's just been crazy to see um, the level of insanity, Yeah, I guess is the word, that is going on. And, and you know, one thing to think about in all of this, the Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion and all of this stuff that's going on with with politics with with the elections and everything there's all kind of confusion built up into it where is that confusion coming from where is the root of that um, the Bible doesn't give us specific ways to, to vote no Democrat no Republican just like it doesn't give us specific churches no Baptist no things <coughs> it gives us a a guideline to follow now I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there because that's an important thing and I wrote this down as you started talking about parties because there's a lot of division in the church because people will look and say hey if you're not a Democrat you can't be a Christian because you don't care about people and justice 
And other people say, if you're not a Republican, you can't be a Christian because you don't care about the same things. Yeah. <laughs> so what, 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 what does the Bible say about how political party alignments, if anything? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I should a add that in there. If absolutely anything. nothing. And before he goes on, the reason we keep saying thank you is because, as usual, we're in a restaurant, yeah. food and fellowship throughout the Bible. Uh, which is where we come, hang out, eat, get together, pray for one another, and... And when you're about 40 miles away from each other, it's yeah. the easiest place to be. Yeah, it is the easiest place. So, um, yeah. go ahead. All right, go ahead. But um, the Bible doesn't say anything about Democrat, Republican, socialism, non-socialism. Matter of fact, if you think about it, if you're a Christ follower, we the only party we're under is a... Is a um, monarchy because we're waiting for the king of kings to come back and even though he's so not here he is, we are still a part of his, his kingdom, kingdom and we are according to the bible ambassadors of his, his kingdom. kingdom and i'm going to push this even further and say if you're an ambassador of one kingdom and you get so entrenched in another government that you're defending that other government technically you're a defector or a traitor yeah. to the kingdom that you're supposed to represent. And we're going to get some hate mail because of this or whatever, but yeah, that that's what those terms mean. If you are so entrenched and so aligned to a political party that you are, for lack of a better term, hating on, yelling at, and, and not communicating with, I can't talk to you because you're a Democrat, I can talk to you because you're a Republican. But if you're a Christ follower, and as, as Mark said, you're, you're under a monarchy, even though our king isn't here, you're still a part of that kingdom. Mm -hmm. Biblically, we're ambassadors to that kingdom, but if we are aligning ourselves with another government, then we are either traitors or defectors from the kingdom that we are supposed to be a part of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take just that yeah. part and I'm gonna make that into a, a something and tweet that part out because that that is yeah. important and I don't think that people get that because they're so hardcore live and die Democrat or hardcore or live, live and die yeah. Republican that they miss what you just said. Yeah, and, and I'm guilty of that myself. I'm guilty of missing that. Um, you know, it, 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 it's. Christ goes on further to say that you can't be, we are to be of this world, but not in this world. So hitting on what you were just saying, we, we are of this world. We live in this world. We are to abide by the laws. We are to listen to and, and conform to the, the, the patterns and the, the, the way they have government set up here. But this is not the ultimate, our ultimate goal. This is not where our citizenship is if we are a Christ follower. Going back to the kingdom, kingdom. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. So you know that that's kind of the thing that I think we do miss a lot of because we beat each other up on things, and we do this in the church all the time. Whether you're baptized by immersion or you're baptized by sprinkling, whether you have, you know, you're allowed to to take communion or not take communion, and or how you take communion, how you take do, communion, do you, do you dip do you, do you pass the thing or do yeah. everyone come up? And, is yeah. it wine or is it grape juice? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we beat each other up on these things. And we beat each other up hard. And we don't just smack. And, right. and we beat each other up hard over stuff like this. And, and the Bible has nothing to say about it. Yeah. It's man-made. It's man 
put together. Um, you know, as I said, it goes back to the kingdom life. Where where is your citizenship? Um, and if you are a true Christ follower, then you have to understand what that means, and that's where it starts. And and, and that's where where all of our daily walk should start is where where we are and whose we are yeah. in that in that kingdom realm. Keep going. I'm, I'm, I feel like I don't want to stop you because you're, you're you're bringing up some good stuff in your. But yeah, and I think you know I think we get lost. We get lost in our own our own ideals and what we want, <coughs> what we think would be perfect in a perfect world. Um, you know, if, if if I was to be honest, in a perfect world of Mark Berkshire, we'd have a Mark Berkshire day. You know, where we'd have vacations and all kinds of stuff. That'd be fun. Yeah. But that's not the world we live in, you know. Um, it, it's important to, to, to not get caught up on self, but we live in a selfish time. And we want things done our way. Um, and we want them done quickly. And if my political person can't get it done as quick, then I'm going to go yelling and screaming and put somebody else in there. And, but the thing is, we don't live. You know, God doesn't operate on our time zone. And yeah. As Christ followers, we we live in a microwave society, and God uses a crockpot ah. <laughs> way of doing things. He, he likes to do it slow cooker. And uh, so Hold we, on, i got to write that down so I can tweet <laughs> it out later. Keep so going. <laughs> he, he, you know, he, he likes using that slow cooker to get it nice and tender and juicy. And, and we want it fast and, and quick. And uh, it's not always the way it happens. So when things don't go the way we want them to go right away, example, the 2016 election. You know, a lot of people didn't think that we were going to get the president we were going to get. So I think that a lot of people got upset because we didn't get who we thought we should have. Yeah, now, I agree. Um, well, the same thing, I think the same thing happened with Obama. Yeah. And, and I think with a lot of, and I've talked to some people who say their frustration today is that there were people who, once Obama became president, racial tensions rose, people were irate because they didn't get the president that they wanted. So now they feel justified in doing the same thing yeah. if they didn't get the president that they wanted and vice versa. So, uh, and, and the interesting thing about that is there were more riots and more racial uh, tension under the Obama heirs, era than there really is right now. We, we are led to believe by media that there's a lot of racial tension going on. But there's not near the amount of riots that there was under previous years. Well, I'm the the only reason yeah. I'm going to move on from that is because yeah. I want to do in the future a podcast on racism, um, yeah. because I think that is important. It's important in our culture today, and people see it a lot of different ways. And being um, a black pastor of an all-white church, I probably have a different perspective on it <laughs> than a lot of people, yeah. and I get a lot of criticism both ways. So um, yeah, and I wasn't trying to steal your thunder there, but I'm no, just saying no, 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 that's, that's, that's part of the political scene, though. 
Yeah, it is part of the political scene. So how do we reconcile, going back to the, the kingdom concept, mm -hmm. how do we reconcile, hey, yes, we're kingdoms, but we're also, we're, we're representatives of God's kingdom, but we're also, for us here in America, we're Americans. So we are expected to live the American life. We all want the American dream. How do we reconcile uh, the things of American culture, things of American politics with kingdom worldviews, morals, and values? How do you reconcile those two? And this is going to be a very plain answer for me, but it's get rid of yourself. Um, get rid of your ideas of what you think it looks like. Wait, so does that mean... Does that mean if I'm getting rid of myself, myself says, hey, I should be, and I'm not, I'm actually a registered independent, but if myself says I should be a Republican or I should be a Democrat, how do you, does that mean you can't be a Republican or you can't no, be a Democrat? it okay. doesn't at all. I mean, you, you go with what, in, in my, my mind, you go with what platform fits God's values the best. Notice I said God's values, not man's values because you want to make sure that a platform is talking about and can be, be put to test on God's word. Um, and, and neither party does it perfectly. Exactly. Um, Repeat that again. Make sure people get it. Because I don't want people walking no. away saying, yeah, they're Democrats, no. or yeah, they're Republicans, or yeah, they're independents. No, but the key is... No party does it the way that God intended it to be. Right. Each each party has um, some things that are, yeah, that lines up great with God's values, but they each have also some things that I don't think God would appreciate that appreciate at all. Appreciate it at all. Yeah. So, so and then take away from those values, depending on who's running or what office, then you have a man saying, this is the way I interpret those values, and this is my agenda. So yeah. add all of that and, to the mix. And yeah. so, so the, in order to reconcile, you get rid of yourself and you put God's word in the middle and you stand on God's word and you go on what God's word says. Nothing else. Nothing else but God's word. Um, and it, 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 I'm not saying it's easy because I've not done it. <laughs> I have my gripes and complaints. But, but that is what we are to strive for. Uh, so. So that's the goal, is trying to put God's word first. Now, what do you do when the party that you've aligned yourself with, because you say, hey, this party, yeah, I think this, the values that they're trying to promote do align with God's word, but then you come across, well, two questions. One is, uh, you come across where the values don't align, right? I'm writing these down so I don't forget to go back to them. So I say I'm going to be of this party because I think their values and what they're trying to do does support more or less yeah. God's agenda more than the other one. So I say I'm going to align with that. So that's question number one. But what do you happen? What do you do when those values all of a sudden don't? Maybe because they take a turn in their direction, or know they have a new leader at the face of that party, or whatever. Or two, when other Christ followers tell you that the values don't. And you're like, yeah, they do. And they're like, no, that's why I'm another, I'm of the other party. And you're both sitting next to each other on Sunday, on a Sunday celebration. And 
you know, the pastor says something and one of you says, that's right. And the other one says, no, he meant that's wrong. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you do then? Well, I, I think the good news is we live in a, in a society and we live in a country where we can vote and change the direction of the party. Um, but I think the main thing is to make sure before you, before you jump off the wagon or jump on a wagon, either way, make sure you know what your ground it is. Exactly. Where um, you stand. Where you stand and where your values are. And which uh, ones you're willing to, okay, I understand they're a little gray there, I'll go with that, but which ones you're willing to, this is non-negotiable. Yeah. yeah. We live in one of the greatest countries in the world, if not the greatest country in the world. But our values change as often as we change our socks. And so we need to make sure. Wait, now, now, qualify that. <laughs> our values as a country change, or our, our values as a people. I would say as a people, change, change. But what is the country made up of? Right. So. And I guess as the problem the people is. Go, so goes the country. So goes the country and the values. Yeah, and the way it should go is as. The church goes, so, so goes, goes the, nation. the nation. Right. Doesn't go that way because right. our values shouldn't change because our God doesn't change. Right. So, you know, what was true Bingo. in the 1950s is going to be true in 2050. Yep. Uh, the culture may change, but the values that God has set, his morals, and, and you exactly the same. You've hit it right on, on the head. We, we have changed our views. In the in the in the in the church world, and that's what we're talking about mainly. We have changed our views to fit and to compromise and to be lenient and um, tolerant of the world around us. And God never intended for us to compromise. He never intended for us to be tolerant. Um, he never intended for us to change our values from what his word says. But that's what we've done. And we've done that from Adam and Eve on down. I mean, it's just, it's in nature. Yeah. Um, but until we realize that we need to get back to him. You know, one of the things I can't stand, and, and, and this sounds crazy, but... I see it all the time on Facebook is they say if you want if you want this country back then put Jesus back where you've taken him out of well that's a good sentence and it's a good thought but when we start putting in, in the culture we live in now we start putting Jesus back into where we took him out of we're also putting um, Hinduism in there we're also putting I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad you said that back there because if you put one in, you have to put them all in now. I'm, and I'm and glad you said that because it irritates me when they say we need to put prayer back in schools. Yep. And my thing is, if you're a true Christ follower, prayer never left the school. Exactly. Uh, they may have told you you can't speak out, but then if you think that stops you from praying, you don't understand what prayer is. Then you're probably not praying at home. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you, know. can, you can pray with your mouth closed. You can pray with your mouth open. Hannah prayed. Voice. She didn't actually speak, but with her lips moving. So... Uh, yeah. That's the problem. Not that yeah. 
they took prayer out of schools is that you didn't understand what prayer was and you didn't keep yeah. praying while you were at school. And, and, and I think we focus so much in the church, not on politics, not on policies as far as, uh, as what those go, but if I go along with that, it's going to make me look bad because, you know, it's cool to, to accept gay marriages. You know, um, and if I go against that, then that's going to look bad on me and on the church. You know, and it has nothing to do. Well, I, and and I think the problem is is that, and it's just I mean it's just like anything. If you're an American, you know, mm -hmm. granted we're from the kingdom. If you're an American, you say America has a policy on whatever. You know, like in America, we drive on the right side of the road. If you go to Europe, they drive on the left. It's not a matter of who's right and who's wrong. It's a matter of if you want to be an American, this is the way we do it here. Yeah. If you want to be a part of God's kingdom, here's his policy on sexuality, on this and on that. Doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. Right. And if you're not a Christ follower, then it's not for me to tell you how to live and how to try to get you to live by Christian values because you know you don't even have God's Holy Spirit. Right. Those of us that do, we're still you know, right. struggling to make it happen. So uh, yeah, I think yeah. we... we We've gotten so far off base, but I'm gonna. <coughs> yeah, sorry. Hit two. No, I'm gonna hit two. Well, actually, one other thing is the long list, but one quick, two quick things. One is, so I hear a lot of people saying that Christians. Here's the problem: when when someone is running for election, Christians are looking for a Christian to vote for, and should they look for a Christian to vote for or just the best person for the job? And along with that, is it okay for Christians to run for office? I mean, if we're representing the kingdom, and now we're running for office, are we, again, a traitor or a defector? Or are we, how did, how did, how did? I think it's perfectly fine for a Christian to run for office. I don't think there's any problem with that. I think that it, it's harder for a Christian to run for office because they, They tend to compromise, um, and you know that's it's a fine line. You have to be. I, I honestly believe it's just like anything else. You have to be called by God to run for office. That's that's a good point. I was yeah, gonna say I, I disagree, but when you said you got to be called, I'll say yeah, because I think it's like any other job. There are rules, and as long as you follow the rules and the law, you're okay. But uh, yeah. I think of Joseph. But then again, like you said, God put him in that yeah, circumstance for a reason, and he wasn't just in office. He was in you know, the highest office yeah. in the land under Pharaoh. And I think of uh, the other name I had in my head. But uh, other people who were in office in a country that wasn't their own, yeah. uh, yet God used them there. Um, Esther, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Not, not technically in office, right. but uh, right. yielding power and authority. But again, God moved them there. So now, uh, now, here's something that will blow your mind too. I think it's in Daniel, might be in Psalms, where, where Daniel. Um, that's also the yeah, Daniel yeah. And, and Psalms talks about this too. But guess who puts people in office? Guess who puts kings over the kingdoms and nations over? That's God. That? It's God that does that. It's no one else. God, God has already got the person picked out for. Does God do it or does God allow it? I believe God, well, the Bible says he does it. If you take it literally, it says he places. He doesn't, 
because then I look at I look in countries where there's dictators who are gassing their own people and killing their people, and then in my mind I'm saying, did God put that person there? Well, possibly. And and let me let me put it in this context. Right now, where do you think the biggest revival is taking place in in the world? Well, I have some friends in India and China, also in the Middle East, actually. They say there's a huge, in the Middle East, so. Iran has the largest percentage of conversions to Christianity right now in the underground church. Okay, yeah. Okay, in the underground church. But they're talking, the last report, there was over three million Christians in Iran. Wow. Okay, and now, God has a dictator. There's a dictator in place there. Yeah. A bad man, but God is using that circumstance for His glory. And I think of the same thing and with with Nebuchadnezzar, where yeah. Daniel told him, you know, yeah. God put you in this position. He gave you the authority. He made you the highest in all the land, yeah. and the land of all the nations on earth at that time. Yeah. Uh, but for His purposes, but you're not doing what God wanted you to do. Right. So it is possible that God says to, we look and say that's a dictator. Did God do that? No. God did it with the intention of hey. I want you to do good things, and they're doing their own agenda. Or Pharaoh, who right. hardens his heart against God. Right. Yeah. But but that's just something to think about, though. Is God puts these men and these women in place, even down to Congress. I honestly believe down to Congress. Oh yeah. And, and, and even and, and school boards, yeah. municipal levels. God puts yeah. them in into position. Um, with the expectation, with the expectation that they're going exactly. to do what he wants them to do right. and do it in a God-honoring way. And I know the first thing, question we're going to get is, you're telling me that all those people are saved? No. No, I'm not saying that at all. No. And biblically, um, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't saved. Right. All of these people weren't saved. But, but God, God used them and still told them, here's what I want yeah. you to do. Yeah. So, so I believe that that's number one. We have to get the priorities of where, where the structure comes into place, how the structure works. It doesn't begin with man. It begins with God. And if you're if you're in a if you're in if you're a Christ follower and you've got your Christian worldview set the way it should be set, then priorities of God first is always the top priority. Right. So and I I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to uh, Jeremiah uh, because God, Jer God used Jeremiah to tell the people, hey, you're here. This isn't your final destination. But while you're here, uh, build homes, do businesses, become a part of the culture. Uh, because I have plans for you while you're here. And everyone quotes that. I know the plans I have for you, plans to mm -hmm. prosper you. But before he said that, he said, hey, uh, this isn't your final destination. But while you're here, become a part of the culture. Because I have plans for you. Here, yeah. which may or may not include, you know, running for office, getting a business, uh, whatever, whatever, yes. school board or mayor, governor, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah. All right. So here's we're gonna wind down with this, and I say wind down, even though we're only like twenty something minutes in, because it's gonna be long. <laughs> so we've taken and we always ask the question: So how should a Christian respond to blah blah blah? Uh, so I'm gonna start with, and I'm gonna hit a bunch of. Uh, different areas. I'm going to start with this one because it's a big one. Actually, maybe we'll end with that one. We'll make that last. <laughs> so how should a Christian respond to, and I'm going to talk about some of the big 
sources of division, not just in our nation, but in houses of worship among Christians, divided over it. Uh, and I say we're going to try to keep it short, but we're not. <laughs> but so how should Christians respond to views on immigration? And that's vague, and I'm leaving it vague for, for a reason, but what should be it? I am very much pro-immigration. I believe, you know, everyone should have a right to the best life that they can have. And, um, however, there are right ways and wrong ways of gaining that life uh, and gaining that opportunity. Um, what we have going on right now, coming across the borders, is not immigration, in my mind. That is, um, that is forcing yourself upon. It's like, it's like going to someone's house and they invited you to stay the weekend and you decided you wanted to stay for a year. And invited your cousins, your mom, your grandkids, and, and everybody else to come with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, you can see how irritating and upset the host would be. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the way I think it is right now. Um, do I think immigration is good? Yes, I do. I think that's how we grow as a nation. So what's the Christian response? How should the Christian respond? Because right now, there are two sides that are totally opposed to another, and I think yeah. they're missing a key point that you hit on one mm -hmm. side that says you can't come in, or one side that thinks the other says you cannot come in, which is not what they're saying, but they think that's what they're saying, and one side that thinks the other is saying anyone and their brother can come yeah. in, which is not what they're saying. So I, I think the Christian response, in my mind, is love them as brothers and sisters, as, as a God creation. I didn't say they're Christians. I said as a God creation. Mm -hmm. Love them as a God creation. And then um, take care of their needs. Meet the needs that they have right now. And then very kindly and very nicely say, when you get everything in order, come back and do this the right way. Um, and that might be the wrong answer. No, I... I, I, I um, Actually, I don't know exactly how to get there. Well, I but think that's it. I think part of the problem. First of all, I I agree with you. I I, I, I think just like you keep your door locked, I probably keep my door locked. Mm -hmm. And even if I didn't, if someone came in, I would want to have a say on whether or not they could stay in right. as long. Uh, and I, I I think that there is one side that's not saying you can't come in. It's saying hey, there's a process to come in. And there was a realization that we only have so many resources. We still have a bunch of people that are homeless, uh, jobless, poverty rates, unemployed. Uh, so to add more people to that without a way to say, how are we going to feed them, house them, clothe them, and get them jobs. And I would be upset if you turned around and you got 100,000 people, clothes, food, jobs, and homes, and I'm still living on the street without clothes, food, or a job. I'm gonna be, I have been here all my life. What's going on? But I think there is a process. There is a way to come in. Um, if they want to change that and we realize we do have more resources available, then let's change the laws to allow more people to come in in a reasonable yeah. way. Um, so I would agree. I would think the Christian response is, yeah, let's, let's, if, if we think the way that allows people to come in isn't right, let's change the laws to match. Yeah. The resources that are available um, 
And I think of the same thing because in God's kingdom, God wants everybody. You know, Jesus Christ died for everyone, but there's a way to do it. There's yeah. only one way. And, right. and he gets to set the way. And if you don't like it, you don't have to come in. That, right. that, that's just the way God does it. So I think the uh, same is true. All right, so what about, I'm going to save that one, racism, because it's a big one. We'll hit on it quickly. But uh, what about uh, poverty? Poverty, I don't think, should ever happen. We should not have any poor, any... We, we should not allow anyone to go without food or, or clothing or anything like that. As a, and this is where I feel, this is what gets me so upset about the church and gets me so aggravated at times because we don't take care of people the way God tells us to take care of people. Um, there, there should not be, if, if you know someone in your community that doesn't have enough food, doesn't have clothes on their back, doesn't have a place to go and take a shower or any of that, and you know about them and you're not doing something to help them in some way. How are you calling yourself the church? Then how are you calling yourself the church? Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and this is something I can get really fired up about, so I have to... No, go ahead. <laughs> I, my and I get, I, I kind of agree, but there's a, a part of me that because I agree, if there's anyone that we know of that needs help and we're not helping them, we can't we can't call ourselves a church. Jesus yeah. walked miles out of his way to go help and minister to people. Uh, but Jesus didn't always help everybody either. True. You know, so there's a, a part of me that says, because everyone says, why isn't the church taking care of this? Why isn't the church taking care of this? And I look at, uh, and, I, and in, in the meetings we had with our community, talk about how to make our communities better. That was one of the things I shared. I tell our people all the time, get involved. You know, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. There's already a food bank, get involved. There's already a clothing shelter, get involved and help right. out there. And rather than we're the church that has a food bank and gives out clothes, uh, I would rather be the church that if those things exist already, we're sending our people to help those things. We're donating to those things. We're helping them run. But people look at the church and say, why isn't the church solving this problem or that problem? And if you take one church, and if everybody in that church were actually tithing 10%, which is a whole other conversation that irritates me, but they don't. And let's say the medium income was $50,000, so you've got 100 people all tithing $5,000, so you've got like $50,000 coming in, or whatever the math is, sorry. <laughs> but that may help a little bit, but that's not going to help take care of a community of, let's say, 15,000 people, of which you've only got 100. And but all of those people are making way more money, and the government's getting 30%, and I'm supposed to help that whole community with 10% of 1% of the population. The math doesn't add up. Okay. And it doesn't. Yeah. But it's not supposed to. Get this. You're, the church is the body of believers. It's not an organization that the, the United States government recognizes. Okay, so the church isn't the Baptist. It's not Crossroads. It's not Morgantown Bible where I go. That's not the church. Right. Part of the church. Part of the church. Right. But it's not the church. You and I are the church. But okay. even, even in the yeah. modern communities, 
you and I, and, exactly. and my community joined with a whole hundred other but, people. But, but think about this, though. God didn't call us. God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, but your world may just be right in your back door. It may be the bum or the, the homeless guy or the, the person that's right on your street corner that you pass every day. Well, I agree with that. I agree. And, and, and if we see so, someone uh, in need, we should help them. I just and, and don't I agree think that's, that. I think that's where, that's where it starts, though. And when we, when we do that, then we can go and say, hey, because until I am willing to do that, I can't stand before someone else and say, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. So, with that. I, my, my frustration is when everyone in the community, even the non-Christians in the community, look and say, why isn't the church doing more? And I'm taking my yeah. little handful of people that I have and their handful of resources and we're doing everything we can, and, and, and then a need comes up, you know, yeah. and someone says, hey, how come the church, how come you guys didn't send $5,000 down to the hurricane victims? Yeah. Or how come you guys didn't send 20 people yeah. down to the hurricane victims? And the church gets a bad rap, but, but they don't see, which is fine, because we're not doing yeah. it for, to be seen by them. We're doing it because right. this is what God calls Glorify us to God. do. They don't see all of the other people that you help know the other, they don't see the homeless people who you help they don't yeah. see the families that you gave right. money to because they had a fire or whatever and all, all that kind of thing and, so. and, and my my reply <coughs> my reply to people who come in and say why isn't the church setting why isn't the church doing this you know why isn't the church doing whatever it is and my response has always been why aren't you I always respond you know, too. And why aren't you? But their so, response is and, always going to be, and, you know, you're the church and, and whatever. And, and I'm Especially like, the now to the Christians who aren't. Yeah, I am. I am. I was about to use some bad language. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely hard on them. Yeah. Because I don't see how you can deserve to ask or do anything or say anything or complain about anything if you, like you said, if, if you're, you're not. not doing your part that right. God has called you and mandated you to do. Yeah. But I agree with you, there shouldn't be any, uh, especially hungry, because there's enough food on the planet to feed every man, woman, and child yeah. three times over, every single one. Yeah. It's a matter yeah. of getting it to them. Uh, so I think... And, and, and I mean, there's... there's We live in a country, and, and this, is, this is where my mindset goes. So many countries other than ours, their big meal of the day may be a piece of bread. And that's all they get right. is a piece of bread. Yeah, I agree. And they are happy with that. Where we have to have three meals a day, we have to have you know, bread, potatoes, meats, all of that. And I'm not saying that's anything bad. If you look at me, you can see I like food. And that's I'm, not, I'm, I'm, that's a, I'm a big foodie. It's on but, all my social media. Yeah. I love food. But, but Pictures I'm, of all I'm my food. Saying, you know, we have a wrong, again, it's perspective. It's where our perspective and our priorities are. But uh, I, I also think, again, that that's something from a, a, a perspective of poverty where we as Christians, and we say, well, what can I do? You know, I give my 10% to the church, and that's enough. You know, there are lots of organizations, you know, help out at the food bank. That's why I encourage our people to go to the, you know, help out at the food bank. There's an organization called 412 Food Rescue that I volunteer with that I love because they are trying to help end food waste. We waste more food in this yeah. country than would feed some countries. So uh, organizations like that, I think... 
Yeah. The Christian response to poverty is do something. We, we can do something. Uh, and it's not always a financial response. It may be a human resource response where you just show up at food bank somewhere, food locker. Yeah. Um, it's putting your feet and hands to use yeah. for the glory of God. Whereas from a political perspective, again, there, there are two sides to that. One side says, you know, you're Republicans, you're all rich. The other side yeah. says, hey, you're Democrat. All you care about is the poor. And yeah. you, if, if you stop and look at what each is trying to do, uh, legitimately, yeah, let's, let's, let's give more people businesses so they hire more yeah. people, so that more people have jobs. And the other side is saying, well, hey, uh, let's make sure that we have, you know, equitable social services available for those who don't have jobs and who don't have homes and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, now I'm going to go on to justice because mm -hmm. that's a big one. Uh, I'll let you start this one. Well, I, I just think, and here's my run problem. I think the Christian response to justice should be God's response to justice. God is the only true and just judge. Uh, if someone has been wronged, and it depends on the perspective of justice, too, because some look at justice as, you know, the Black Lives Matter. Some look at justice as, hey, we got to, it's a big topic, uh, but I am going to be a big proponent of, and he, here's what, what, what makes it hard for me to go on this one is because, like, when you think of, like, the, what are they called? The uh, sanctuary cities, yeah. you know? And, and you think of a lot of the, the movements that people come up with that are a response to what they call our injustices, but those responses, if illegal, then why should I follow any other legal thing that you say? I, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me. I'm, I'm more of the, yeah, if that's injustice, let's change the laws so that there are no more injustices, rather than let's break the law in light of this injustice. Does yeah. that make sense? It does make sense. Um, and I agree wholeheartedly with you that I think if we want change, we have to change laws instead yeah. of just people. Um, now, here's the thing. We have been lawbreakers our whole lives. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back, and I'm sorry, it's the preacher in me, but I'm not sorry. Um, it all comes down to sin and our sin nature. It really does. I mean, if we want justice, we'll never give justice on our own. Justice has to come from God and God alone. Um, true justice. Well, true that's ju what I was going to say. True, true justice, because it has to come justice from in the light of hey, it means yeah. that you want this legal, right. for lack of a better term, legal thing that has been wronged. We want it to be made right. Yeah. But there's still. But that legal thing may not be right. Yeah. Or we try to make it right by breaking the law. Yeah. There's still laws on the books in, in all kind of stupid laws in all yeah. kind of states. You know, if you walk your horse down the street backwards, you get a ticket. Who even walks horses anymore? Yeah. But they're on the books. You yeah. Know. And there was a friend of mine who said there's still laws in her county on the books that black people cannot own property. Yeah. They ignore them because it doesn't make sense. Right, but no one has removed those laws right. from the books. And I'm like... Why not? Yeah. What's it going to take to say, okay, this law is no longer valid. Let's 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 remove yeah. this law. But but you know, so so justice again, you have to frame it around, like you said, around God's word, around God, knowing that God is the only true justice that we'll ever get. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to move off of that one and hit this big one as we wind down. So what should be the Christian response to political debates and chaos online, all of those online? And I'll preface this by saying I put up a question, and I was just telling you before we started yeah. this, um, where I said, uh, based on several conversations that have been going on in our community, uh, sponsored by an organization that said, let's bring people together and talk about how we can come together and make our communities better. So based on, I, I, I uh, hosted several of those conversations and sat through one of them. And so I made a post that said, hey, you know what? We want to get rid of the political division. We should do what a lot of the politicians aren't doing, which is we come together, we sit down and talk about our issues and focus on our commonalities. Because I had just been through several conversations uh, and seen hundreds of other conversations where that took place throughout several communities. And I was like, there were positive things that came out of this, approaches to how to address issues in the community, reconciliations, all kind of stuff. So I put that post saying, yeah, we should sit down and do more of this, talk and focus on our commonalities. And Christian folks, who I respect, all came out with their boxing gloves on saying, I will never sit down and talk to this person because they're of that party and they only see this, or I will never talk to this person because they only see that. We prompted <coughs> more people to come on and no, that's not right. Well, you can't, you know, if you voted for this president, this, if you bashed Obama, this, and you know, you can't call yourself a Christian, this, and on and on and on. And I'm like, these are Christian people, but also I get it. They're hurting, they're upset, they're frustrated. So what? What should be the Christian response to the uh, online political debates and chaos? I love debates. <laughs> I love to <laughs> debate. I love debating. I love arguing. I love it. But there's a way to do it gracefully. There's a way to do it respectfully. And there's a way to do it godly. Well, let me ask you this for clarification. Is it, do you love debates or do you love discussing? And because when I think of debates, I think I'm not trying to hear what you're saying. I'm just trying to prove to you that I'm right. Yeah. So anything that you come up with, whether it makes sense or not, my goal is to smack it down so I can show that I'm right. Whereas I like disgusting. A hearty discussion, even where we disagree, yeah. we're okay, I, I see what you're saying, but now I'm yeah. listening and I'm okay, well that makes sense, but what about this? And we're going back and forth. Even when it gets to, you know, and my it, thing is we can have it, aggressive it, discussions as long as when we're done, we're still willing to go out and have yeah. a cup of coffee and, and hang out together. Yeah, and, and so. that's the big thing. I yeah. mean, that, that's where I am. I, I, that's when I debate, I, I like debating, not to prove, you know, to be honest, if, if I'm stuck on something, no one's going to change my mind. Right. You know, unless God does it through them. It's not going to happen. Um, so I like getting to there and getting the points out and getting my points out and hearing their points, um, knowing they're wrong, but that's okay. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> We're pastors. But, that's yeah, that's, that's right. how we roll. That's how we roll. But no, but I mean, I, it, it's... Respect is the thing. That's the key. The key thing. And I, I, I've had some Lulus on my Facebook page debates going around, um, especially when it comes to the hot topics. Yeah. You know, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to, to um, you know, same-sex marriage, when it comes to, to um, even racial issues and, and things. 
um, immigration. I avoided racism. I know Nike and, and Colin Kaepernick for yeah, a reason. And, and we're not we're not going to go there. That would be a whole discussion but, unto itself. But no, I, I mean this last the, the 2016 election. Um, you know, I, I have a a good friend of mine up in Minnesota. We debated back and forth, and neither one of us could could change each other's mind. But he was a Bernie guy. He was for socialism and all of this stuff. And I'm trying to tell him how that's the wrong path to go down in my mind. And, you know, we would get into it. And, and it get pretty heated online. And somebody came on, one of my friends from here that didn't know him, said, you can't talk to him this way, you know. And he, he came back and said, well, he's, he knew me since I've been in diapers. So I can't, you know, I, I have all the respect in the world for him. You know, so Daniel, he, he, he respected me for who I am and, and knew that I wasn't going to disrespect him in any way and wasn't going to love him any differently because he had a different view than I did. That's the, that's the thing. We're allowed to have different views. Yeah. Shocker. We are. We're allowed to have different opinions. We're allowed yeah. to have different ways of thinking about things even Christians can have a different way of thinking about things the 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 big thing is we can think all we want about anything else but we have to know that Jesus Christ died for us died on and died on the cross rose again and now sits at the right hand of the father so that we have life and he that died for that person for our sins debating or discussing with exactly. as well. Exactly. So that's the main thing. We have to make sure that the respect is kept up front above everything else. Can you be a Christian and not respect someone? Two-part answer. <laughs> yes. And I, I ask that because, you know, there are people who said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but yeah. I have no respect for Obama. Yeah, I'm a Christian, I have no respect for Trump. Yes, you can be a Christian and have no respect. However, you cannot be a useful, or that's not really the word I'm looking for. Um, you, you can't be a, um, a Christian with action, that has actions. If you are, if, if in any way effective, that's what I'm thinking of. You can't be an effective Christian if you are bad mouthing someone, talking down on someone, putting someone down all the time. How can you be effective in your walk? Yeah. If you're not respecting yeah. that. And the Bible says, let nothing come out of your mouth except what is good and encouraging, encouraging for others. Right. So, and, yeah. and, and the thing is, respect isn't that hard. Yeah. It doesn't mean, I don't have to agree with you to respect you. Yeah. I can respect the office you hold. And I think that's where we've gotten, that's where the problem lies today. We don't respect the office well, and I, I, anymore. I, I agree with that, but I, I will also say the Christian response should be, because I, I look at a Franklin Graham who totally against everything that Obama, almost everything he did, but every 
public comment, I don't know what he said behind doors, but every public comment post he made about him was done in a respectful way to say, I disagree with you and you're wrong. Um, so yeah, I get that 100%. Uh, I don't see, now at the same time, there are a lot of Christians who are totally disrespectful for, towards Obama. That was more racial than, than most things, but um, I, I don't see that same level of respect I disagree with you, but I'm going to do so respectfully going towards Trump. Uh, I see some who do it, but most are just like, are you kidding me? And I got to admit, his tweets don't help. <laughs> yeah. They don't help because he right. does, he does, he, he, you know, but still, I, I, I'm going to push it back even further and say it's not just a matter of what should be the Christian response to respect one another, but to love one another. Because even if I disagree with you, I'm still supposed to love you, mm -hmm. even if you you're even if you're the person who's voting for, you know, Hitler. I'm still supposed to love you. I don't disagree with you. I'm not going to support you, but I'm going to love you. And I think uh, Jesus made that clear because when he went on and talked about loving your neighbor, and he went to great lengths to say your neighbor isn't the guy that looks like you, isn't the guy who lives next to you, isn't the guy who votes like you. It might be the guy who hates you and disrespects you and wants nothing to do with you, you're still supposed to love them. Right. And that takes everything off the table then as far as when I'm responding to someone who I disagree with online, whether it be political or racially. And that may leave me with not a lot to say, but then again, it goes back to, well, I'm representing my kingdom. Yeah. Even though I'm in this nation, I'm representing my kingdom. This is the way my king says he wants me to respond. Since I'm an ambassador of his kingdom, this is what I need to be. Yeah. And are we willing to do that? And the thing is, none of us gets it right. None of us gets it right. Paul I think said, we can sometimes. I think we can. I, I, I do. We don't but, consistently. Right. Yeah. But, but Paul even said, you know, in, in Philippians, Paul says, it's not that I've got this down, because I right. don't. Yeah. But what I do is I strive for the best. And I that, strive for the mark. That's the, the that's what we the do thing. part. The yeah. part that we do, the part that we can do is, you know what? I don't agree with you. I feel like smacking your head off. I'm just not going to respond right now. Yeah. And I think a lot of the online debates, sometimes the best Christian response is no response. Is, and, you know and, what? And I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to. And yeah. I've done that a lot. I've done that a lot. I've had yeah. Christy, my wife, she had to tell me a lot. What are you doing? Like, well, I'm responding, and she's like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because I, yeah, you know, it's I, obviously clear that I'm not going to change this person's mind. Whereas, I think sometimes sitting down in person, like the conversations we had, I think they were effective yeah. because people were sitting down in person, hearing one another. And there was a great portion where um, one of the young adults spoke up, and several of the people who were older were like, well, that, you know, they, they, they weren't aggressive, but they were like, what about this and what about that? And I could see the frustration on her face, but she stopped and she still shared, here's where I'm coming from, and here's where they're coming from. Yeah. And they were like, okay. And a lot of them, even that didn't agree, uh, some of them came to me afterwards and said, I'm glad she said what she said, because it needed to be said. Now I have a better perspective of, of things. And yeah. that wouldn't have come across online. So I think right. sometimes the Christian response is, hey, you know what? I don't want to talk about this online, because it'll get misconstrued. You want to have a cup of coffee and continue, that's great, as long as we can still have a cup of coffee after, even if we walk away mad at each other yeah. and disagreeing. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's the big thing, you know, 
Love trumps it all. Yes. I mean, love that's trumps it all. And that's an old corny saying, but it's... It's a biblical thing. It's, that's it's why true, Jesus right. said it's, it's the cornerstone of the only thing that he asked for us. Love him, love our neighbor, yeah. uh, and love one another. Those other Christians who are... That's a whole yeah. other conversation because I think Christians yeah. are worse to Christians than they are to other Anybody people. Else. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a whole other discussion. So yeah. any... Uh, we went way longer than I thought we would, but... <laughs> okay. Any other final thoughts on the Christian um, response to political chaos? No, I think the biggest thing I would say is don't be a, don't be the cause of the chaos. That's that don't be the cause of the chaos. I'm gonna tweet um, that out too. That's the thing. You know, you you can you can see it. You can look at it. Don't be the cause of it. Um, you need a Twitter account, man. <laughs> But God, God, God wants us to. He, he wants us to be, as as the church, as Christ followers. He wants us to be the problem solvers and the chain breakers, not the, not the ones who are causing the problem or putting the chains on. So, I don't. I I, I don't think anything else needs to be said because I want that to be the last thing they hear is. Christian response to all the political chaos is don't be the cause of it. Don't, don't. I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. Th thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we have no idea what we're going to talk about next time. But uh, whatever it is, if it pops up in the culture, we'll hopefully be able to tell you biblically. Um, here's what God says uh, a person of faith or the way a person of faith should respond. Sounds good.